And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM as we get into the Bible study of the day. But before we do so, of course, we need to have another clue for our quiz. What have we got there, right. Lawson? We, what are you doing, going to give to us today? We're doing double clues. Double. D- 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 double clues. The double clues. Yeah. You ready? So whenever, we- whenever Mon dominates the show, we don't get to do as much um, clue time yeah. because we want to give her uh, as much time as we can simply because she's in Africa and we feel sorry for her <laughs> and give her a bit of sympathy, all yep. that kind of stuff. Yep. So we just give her a bit of slack. But uh, double clues coming up. Double clues. Are you ready? So we already. This is a what am I? I'm going to take my other guess. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. I should have yeah, gone with my correct. gut. I should have gone with my so, gut. Oh, no. So, no. I can't no, believe I no. overthought it so much. <laughs> no double prizes up for grabs, but you can call 1-800-324-843 to get the prize. But I need to give the next clues, Lyle. Yes. Are we ready? Yes, yes. When, Mo- when Moses ordained Aaron, he took the blood of a ram and put it on Aaron's thumb, toe, and this. What was it? Okay, and now, an awl, A-W-L, an awl was pushed through this to keep a slave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think probably the second of those clues is the more obscure of them. Yeah, fully. The awl one? Yeah, piece of cake. Would have got that in a heartbeat because it's just kind of bizarre. Yeah. It's just like, wow. Wow. But anyway. Um, yeah, there you have it. If you know the answer, our number is get ready to write this down or punch it into your phone. 1-800-324-843. Bam. There you go. All right, well, what are we studying today? We are studying the book of Revelation. Yes. 12. We were talking about the church in the wilderness, and we have started to talk about the origins of the great controversy between Christ and Satan. Revelation chapter 12 is where we are up to. All right. Would you like to read for us verse 7 and 8, please? Just yes. As, just by way of review. Okay. The Bible previously, says... Previously. It's coming up right here. Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. Okay. That's interesting. The Bible says there was war in heaven. You mm-hmm. kind of wonder how that war was fought and what it was fought over. You know, how does that all take place, etc. We don't know all the details to that, but we do know that there was a coup that Satan tried to pull off, where if we go over to Isaiah, let me flick over there real quick. Yeah, quickly, let's go. Yeah, why not? Isaiah <laughs> chapter 14, and we would start reading in verse 12, where it says, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mound of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Mm. And so here you have a very clear depiction of Satan trying to overtake the government of heaven, the government of God. He is trying to do away with the law of God. Mm. He is making claims here that his way is better than God's way. God has always claimed that his way is a way of love. Mm. Therefore, Satan is claiming that God is not love. Yeah. And so God could have done a number of different things at this particular point. He could have clicked his fingers fingers and just Thanos the guy. <laughs> just 
Thanos the guy. Thanos. Like, deleted him from Just existence. Deleted from him from existence. Yeah. Okay. And if he had done so, then the universe would have been immunized from Satan, right? Well. But would that have would, been a good idea? I don't think so. Why not? We'll, we'll check it out. I love this. Someone told me this illustration, and I love it. I just got to. I just got to say it. Okay, you should just claimed it as your own. Okay, no, but I, I can't. <laughs> Who's to know? Shout yeah, out okay. Ellie, my outreach partner from last year, because she told me this illustration. I thought it was really funny. Okay, so Lyle, mm-hmm. I invite you and Marta to a dinner party. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and you know we're at my house and. And I'm like, oh, hey, guys, I just got to go boil the water. I'm making two-minute noodles. And you guys are stoked because two-minute noodles are the bomb. Anyways, so I go into the kitchen to make the two-minute noodles to boil the water. And you and Marta, you're sitting there, right? And Lyle, you start saying to Marta, you're like, you know Lawson's a really terrible person? You know, he's just he's really into himself and he's really mean to everyone. And he's really, yeah, he's just, he's just a bad guy. And Marta's sitting there like, Lawson's not like that. Lawson's awesome. But she, she's sitting there listening to you say all you're these... You're pretty confident Martin would say this, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. No, um, but you're saying all these terrible things about me. So then I come back. I come back from boiling my two-minute noodle water. And, and Marta comes to me and says, Hey, Lyle's saying some really bad stuff about you. you got to go and talk to that guy, work something out. And I'm like... Marta, it's okay. I got this. So I say, hey, Lyle, can you just come with me? We just need to have a chat, man. So we both walk upstairs. And then while we're upstairs, Marta's just chilling downstairs. And then um, I shoot you in the head. Uh-huh. And that's, you die. That's cold. And then I come back down to Marta and it's like, hey, it's all good, Marta. Like, I, I fixed the problem. Marta, how would, would you be feeling good or bad? Give us a nod for good and a shake. She's shaking her head. <laughs> vigorously so, shaking her head. Bad. I'm glad that she is vigorously shaking her head. And I think that the reason. makes re- me feel so much better. <laughs> the, reason, the reason for that would be was that. You're making claims that I'm a terrible person. To stop the claims that you're making that I'm a terrible person, I go and kill you. Which, like, Marta's then thinking at that point, like, not only is this guy a psychopath, but, okay, was what Lyle was saying about Lawson true? Okay, so if God had decided to immunize the universe by destroying Satan on the spot, Mm. then what God would have done would have proved Satan right in every claim he had made. Yeah. And in one move, he would have, you know, up until this point, the universe has served. Uh, that's a really good illustration. I'm going to, Ellie, um, shout out to Ellie right now. <laughs> I am going to so borrow that one and use it in my public um, programs. Dude, it's so I'm going to use that one in Ethiopia. It's awesome. And uh, this is this is your one chance to claim credit for it because <laughs> I probably won't give credit from now on. <laughs> in a sermon, you don't have time to give credit for every good idea that you get. But... <laughs> Um, it, uh, yeah, that's it. God would have eradicated love in one move because the mm. entire universe would have now served God because they were afraid of him. Mm. They would have served God so that they weren't obliterated. Yeah. Okay, so we have here a, uh, a situation where Satan is in heaven, and rather than just clicking his fingers and obliterating Satan, the Bible says that war breaks out and Mm. Satan is thrown out of heaven along with a third of the angels, which is very, very significant. And, of course, then God could have come to our earth and said, hey, I'm just in the process of creating this place, and Satan, you've created havoc in the universe. I'm not going to let you come down here. Mm. That would have been good, right? 
Well, again, we have another dilemma that comes forth from that because of freedom of choice. Okay, so let's say that God had gone, you know what, I'm not going to give Satan access to one inch of ground on planet Earth Mm. because I don't want human beings ever to experience the havoc that Satan causes. Mm. So why would that have been a problem? I think at that point you you limit someone's ability to choose and you again prove Satan right, that God is unjust, that, you know, God is just self-serving and he just does everything because he can, like, he is an arbitrary God. He just creates human beings so that they can love him because he's a narcissist. Yeah, essentially that's what that's what God's proving by not letting Satan go and share anything else with them. I think that's like, that's the powerful thing about, you know, the transparency of God and the freedom of choice that he gives us, that he's like, because people always ask that question, right? It's like, you know, someone who's becomes a little bit more religiously inclined, they're like, oh, why would, you know, God let Satan into the to the garden if God knew, you know, how it was going to end up? And it's like, ultimately, if he didn't, then God wouldn't be loved. Okay, so coming back to our illustration, let's see if we can take this illustration a little Ooh, bit further. here we go. Let's, let's give it a crack. Oh. Let's say that... I say some bad things about you. Uh You come back in and, yeah, you don't um, destroy me on the spot. Yeah. All right? But then what you do is you lock all the doors of the house and you don't let me go anywhere else um, in the world (laughs) so that nobody else can hear anything that I have to say. (laughs) What does that say about the claims that I'm making? They're probably true. They're probably true. Okay, and this is what you've got happening with the creation of this world. If God had locked Satan out of this world, the universe looking on would have gone, you know what? Maybe what Satan is saying is true. And we need to remember that Satan was, you know, one of the most powerful creatures ever created with just incredibly powerful, you know, arguments that have deceived a third of the angels, Mm. you know, holy righteous beings. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So he's clearly good at spinning a good story. Yeah, fully. Uh, And if he had been locked out of planet Earth, then he would have been able to spin a much, much better story. Mm. Okay, so God gives him access to planet Earth, but how much access does he give him? Not much. On the entire planet? Like? One tree. One tree. One tree. And so Satan is, so God is is giving access, but at the same time, he's trying to make it easy for our first parents, Mm. for Adam and Eve. You know, he just gives them one tree. And of course, we know what happened from there, sadly. Yeah. And we ended up in all of this mess right now. However, will it last forever? Praise the Lord. No. <laughs> okay, so let's take our, um, our, our illustration one step further. Mm. So now, rather than taking me upstairs and shooting me, um, now you have let me live. And now, rather than locking all the doors and not letting me go anywhere else in the world, you've let me go free. So now every person has freedom. They have freedom to either choose me or choose somebody else. But I just go around committing all kinds of atrocities. Are you going to let that continue forever? No. No. There's going to come a point in time when everybody is looking on and goes, okay, we can follow Lala, we can follow Lawson. Mm. And Lawson is obviously doing a much better job of this because, you know, his is a, his is a government of love and Lala's committing atrocities, so let's get rid of Lala. Yeah. I think, I think and that, that time will come. Yeah. I, I, and everybody will be on God's side. Fully. 
I think that's what's powerful, like, about, again, like, oh, you know, why why does... It's another question. Oh, why have we come, like, all these thousands of years down history and all these terrible things have happened? It's like, so that we know without a shadow of a doubt that we don't want to follow Satan. Like, we just want to follow God because God is so much better. You know, Satan Satan is essentially... He's proved himself, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like we can, we can make an informed and intelligent decision on on who we want to follow not on speculation or not on like oh he said she said but we can just review history and say okay this is what satan did this is what god did make a choice like mm-hmm. it's oh, so good so yeah, good absolutely and this is what is happening here in the great controversy if we continue on in revelation chapter 12 let's go back over there and let's read a couple more verses uh lawson would you like to read for us verse 9 please yes the bible says in revelation 12 and verse 9 this great dragon the serpent called the devil or satan the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all his angels okay so here you've got uh, a number of different names for satan don't what are the different names that you have there? Okay, so he is called the Great Dragon. He is called the Devil. Um, he's called the Serpent, the Ancient Serpent. Um, and he, again, Satan. Satan. Okay, so four different names for him right there. And, of course, being cast down to this earth because this earth was the one place in the universe that up until this point had not had the opportunity to choose for mm. or against Satan. For so it's, it's, it's quite clear um, why this is taking place. And verse 10. Verse 10, the Bible says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last salvation and power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ. For the accusers of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to the earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. Okay, so being thrown down to the earth tells us a number of things about this whole great controversy. Mm. Not just that this is where Satan ends up, yeah. but also this is where Satan ends. Mm. This is where Satan is eventually destroyed. It is right here on this earth. This earth is the only place that has accepted Satan. He no longer has access to anywhere else in the universe. Mm. And we find that you know when, when Jesus is proclaimed as the Messiah, Jesus says, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Mm. You know, so Satan doesn't have access to the rest of the universe. He no longer has access to heaven uh, because he's crucified Jesus Christ and the universe is pretty convinced that this is not a great way to go. Yeah. Okay, so as we continue on down through here, as we have been reading them, reading these verses, the Bible says in verse 11 that they overcame him. And this is talking about those who overcome here on this earth. How do they overcome? How do we overcome? Well, it says right here. Verse 11. By the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. Okay, that's two things. I find that most fascinating. All right, let's consider the blood of the Lamb first. How do you overcome somebody by the blood of the Lamb? What, is, what, is, what does that even mean? I mean, this is kind of one of those kind of Christian statements that we use. You know, I'm covered mm. by the blood of Jesus Christ, um, therefore I have nothing to fear. And the average person on the street ha- just looks at us like we've got two heads. Like, what is that even English <laughs> that you are talking right there? What has someone, you know, done the ice bucket challenge with a bucket of blood or something. Oh, right? what, yuck, does it, what does come it mean? on, Lyle. <laughs> what does it mean to be covered by the blood of the Lamb? This makes no sense mm. to uh, you know the average listener who's listening in who doesn't 
understand scripture. Mm. Well, yeah, it's essentially a representation of, of, of Christ's sacrifice. You know, the blood of the lamb, uh, you know, Christ is proclaimed by John the Baptist. It's like, hey, you know, this is this, the lamb who takes away the sins of the to, sins of the world. Um, and by Christ's sacrifice, he then gives the opportunity for sinful human beings to accept that sacrifice um, and be saved and to be you know covered by the blood of the lamb is a metaphor which represents that you know it's like because bl- the lamb's blood was shed you know for for sin um you know our sins are, are, are covered by by that blood um yeah I, I remember actually first hearing that when i was like a, a sort of uh a, a church goer when i started to become a church goer and i could just imagine like someone's you know being, just being you covered with blood that, and I'm like, oh man, why? No at all. But no, when we really, when we understand it in context is actually one of the most amazing things ever, understanding that because of Christ's sacrifice, like he's covered everything. He's covered us. And yes. Man, it's just awesome. Absolutely. So, so he good. died in our place so that we yeah, didn't have to. exactly. We were under condemnation of death and his death paid the penalty for us and that is how we have gained the victory over sin and this world mm. but it's not the only part of the equation here is it no it's what's not what's the other part of the equation their testimony what what is that all about honestly Lyle I don't really know okay so l- let me help you out with it alright tell me what's going on let me share with you a scenario that may be all too familiar to churchgoers okay and you might be a churchgoer that relates to this right now. Mm-hmm. Going to church does not make you a Christian. Oh, yeah. Going to church on a regular basis does not mean that you have a connection with God. Mm. No, not at all. Uh, it may be a part of that, but it does not mean it does not guarantee that in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Think about this. When you are a church, well, let's think about a churchgoer, somebody who goes to church on a regular basis, uh, but never ever tells somebody else about Jesus Christ. Mm. Are they a true Christian? I don't. I don't think so. Okay, so here's a, here's a scenario, and this is actually a true story. One of a very famous atheist, and I've forgotten which one it is. Uh, I don't think it's Dawkins, but. He made a very interesting statement. He said, look, any Christian who does not, you know, because people were complaining about how Christians proselytize and so forth and try and, you know, witness and this kind of thing. He's like, any Christian who does not try and share Jesus with me is the worst kind of hypocrite because if heaven is actually real, if eternal life is actually a thing. Mm. Now, he's a hardcore atheist. He doesn't believe in any of this stuff. But he's like, if these things are real and you don't tell me about it, you are the worst kind of criminal that there is and you are the worst hypocrite that that, that you could ever become across. Oh, oh, what a job. That's that's coming from an atheist, right? Now, you think about this. How many Christians then sitting in our church pews are genuine Christians. Mm. Genuine Christians who see somebody and just have to tell them about Jesus or see somebody and go, eh. Yeah, true. You know? Man, this is gnarly. another random person. Well, it's, well, it's interesting. Because the reality is is that we do believe yeah. um, in heaven. We do believe in eternal mm. life. Why aren't we more motivated? And so and so if you, if you don't have a testimony to share, 
if you don't have a story to share of what Christ has done in your life, mm-hmm. if you have nothing to share about how your life has been transformed and your life has been changed, you are not a genuine Christian. You are not overcoming. Yeah, wow. It's like um, the last thing that Jesus says before he leaves earth, Matthew 28. It's yeah, like, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. And lo, I'm always with you, even to the end of the age. Like this is the, the commission by God. He's like, go and tell everyone about what's just happened. It's it's awesome. But we'll pick back up right after this. Travis Cottrell, what a beautiful name.
But guys, that was Travis Cottrell with What a Beautiful Name. It is the name of Jesus here on Faith FM. Let's have another clue for our quiz oh, there, yep. Lawson. We yep. have yep. A, another uh, clue for the quiz. Crazy quiz. All right, here we go. Here we go. What am I? Um, Peter used his sword to remove this from Malchus. Okay, what did Malchus lose? Ooh, Tempor- I love how... Temporarily, I should say. I love how it says remove. He used his sword <laughs> to remove this from Malchus. Like, he... Full chopped it off, but hack might be a more appropriate <laughs> word. But if yes, you, as if it you, turns out, Peter was a, um, a, a poor shot. Yeah. If you know who this is, give us a call 1 800 324. Who this is? I mean, what this is 1 800 324 843. And then you will get. A prize. <laughs> Along with bragging rights. Okay. And don't yes. forget, if you are struggling with uh, a weak signal where you are, sometimes people call us up and say, yeah, you know, we drive out of the signal. Don't forget that you can go over to faithfm.com.au and press play on your phone and run that through your speaker system in your car, Bluetooth, aux cord, whatever. And uh, yeah, perfect signal wherever you go. Bam. Even in South Africa. Oh, yes. Bond's listening to us over there. Awesome. I trust. We trust. I, I hope so. I hope she is. Indeed. Okay, so where are we up to? We are up to Revelation chapter 12, mm-hmm. and we were reading in verse 11, 11. Where the Bible says, where they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Okay, verse 12. Let's read verse 12. The Bible says this in is a Revelation. Bit of a grim verse. Revelation 12 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens. And you who live in the heavens rejoice, but terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. Okay, so here you've got a uh, a verse in, in my translation. It says, Rejoice, you heavens, and you that live in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. And so when I, when I read this passage here, I'm thinking, okay, what what's what kind of an attitude is being presented here? It's like, yeah, let's have a party up in here in heaven because Satan is gone and those poor people down there on earth, well, too bad for Rest them. in peace. <laughs> is, <laughs> you're kind of done. Is that the attitude that is uh, being projected here? Do you think that's the message that God is trying to get across to us in this passage? I think I think we're really like the, the, the main statement here is, is the last one. It says, knowing that he has little time. Okay, so that makes it more of a warning than anything else then. Mm, well, and, it, and I like how your translation says terror has come to the earth mm, because Satan has a little bit of time left. Yeah, he's, it's essentially saying like, look, we're rejoicing because, you know, the opportunity for you guys to be saved, like it's all come together, so plan of salvation, it's right on point. And, you know, we're, we're at the time in Earth's history where Satan only has a little bit of time left. It's like, hey, look. It's not, it's not great. You know, there's going to be lots of persecution, lots of death, lots of problems, but it's only for a time and, and, and it's, going to be, it's going to be done. We're going to be in heaven. And yeah, absolutely. Sweet. And I see a parallel here with that passage in John where Jesus says, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven, mm. you know, over the proclamation of Jesus as the Messiah. When Satan crucifies Jesus, you know, in front of the whole universe, that really, really... You know, in a, in a way unlike any other, uh, identifies the character of Satan. Identifies mm. just exactly how far he is prepared to go to try and to destroy God and to rule the universe himself. Yeah. Okay, so the Bible picks the story back up again. So this is, we've done this 
this little section in parentheses, so to speak, mm-hmm. which is uh, really looking at this time period, um, dealing with the crucifixion where Satan is overcome at the crucifixion. But the Bible picks up the story again. And in verse 13, so we've de- dealt with this section in brackets. Uh, verse 13, it uh, gives us a couple of previouslys. Mm. Okay, so give us uh, verse 13 there, please, Lawson. Last time in Revelation chapter 12. Now, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 13, When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. Okay, so notice here that the male child child is no longer on earth in mm. our, in context. Yeah. So this is obviously after Jesus has ascended into heaven, mm. and of course we need to remember that the woman is a symbol of the church. In Bible prophecy, mm. a woman symbolizes a church. Let's keep reading. Uh, verse 14. But she was given two wings like those of a great eagle, so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for for the um, and, and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. Okay, let's uh, work through this one now. We've already read about this, haven't we? Time, times, yes. and half a time. We read that a moment ago. In uh, and, and for those of you unfamiliar with the Hebrew way of speaking, time, times, and half a time simply means one year, two years, and half a year. So yeah. three and a half years. Um, three and a half years gives you a total of twelve hundred, you know, one thousand two hundred sixty days. And if you go back to Revelation chapter twelve and uh, verse six. The Bible says there in verse 6, And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there for 1,260 days. Mm. And so, um, you know, if we've got this whole uh, 1,260-day period taking place here, it's being repeated again. So this is really just dealing with your previous lease. Mm. Uh, Satan's been thrown into the earth. He's persecuting the woman. She is fleeing into the wilderness. We talked some history yesterday about how that true Christianity was pushed during the Dark Ages through mm. persecution back into the remote parts of the world. Yeah. And if you wanted to find true Christianity, you had to travel to, you know, sort of extreme kinds of locations, places like Ireland and Scotland, uh, Wales, places like Armenia, mm. India, China, down into Ethiopia and so forth, where, mm. where we're heading to in, uh, well, I'm heading there uh, uh, next week. I'll, I'll be yeah. this time next week. I will be traveling on the plane to Ethiopia. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Do you like planes, Lyle? Oh. I love planes. I love the planes. They are the Dude, best. It's so good. But what about like being on the plane, like traveling somewhere? Uh, you know, commercial transport, well, I don't know why we're getting sidetracked on this, but it's a little bit like getting inside an aluminium tube, getting out of an aluminium tube, um, sitting, in, sitting in an aluminium tube for uh, X amount of hours and then getting out and you're in some other country. Yeah. It's a, uh, bit, it's a little bit like a uh, slow teleport. Yeah, it's awesome. I just love being but, on the plane. But point is, but let's <laughs> take off and landing. You know when those angels engines spool up and yeah. roar, <laughs> and, and then you start to accelerate, and, and then suddenly you realize just how fast you are actually going. It's like you know that was fairly gentle, but you know it doesn't, doesn't snap your head back like a uh, you know uh, like a car can, you know, a high powered mm. car mm. can. But it's that gentle push back into the seat, and the next minute you look out the window, and you are absolutely man, flying. Man, his eyes are so wide right yeah, now. He's just like loving. <laughs> this, is, this is Lawson getting me sidetracked from the Bible study. <laughs> getting back to our Bible study, yes, we find that um, 
the woman flees into the wilderness where she is looked after and Christianity is preserved. The Bible mm. says that she is nourished during this 1260-year period. And we refer to this 1260-year period as the Dark Ages. Mm. And during the Dark Ages, Christianity you know, was tremendously persecuted. 150 million people lost their lives. Mm. It was pushed to the extremities, but it was nourished and it survived even in some of the most remarkable parts of the earth, as in northern Italy, on the doorstep of, uh, of the Vatican at that particular time. But we're going to come back tomorrow. No, we're not going to come back tomorrow. We're going to come back on Monday to talk about this verse that comes up next that talks about the serpent throwing water out of his mouth or vomiting water out of his mouth and the earth swallowing the water. What on earth could that mean? <laughs> Yeah. What is the earth a symbol of and how did the earth swallow the water? What is the water a symbol of here? We need to discover the answer to all these questions. But while we do, we must remember that Jesus is there to protect us and to mm. preserve us, no matter what is happening in our world. It all comes down to the from the
said, come and drink the living water. Come and take from streams of life. You will thirst no more. Take of the bread of life, the bread that cometh down from heaven. He said, Come and drink the living water, come and take the Kindness gave me to eat of heaven's bread. Come follow me. His 
what he said Called us to his sons and daughters He said I am living water You will thirst no more You will thirst Welcome back, guys. That was Josh Cunningham with Living Water here on Faith FM, and we have come through to our question of the day time. Do we have another clue for the uh, quiz before we do? Oh, yeah, we have another clue for the quiz. All right, has here we go. Snapped up. This is your last chance right okay. now, so uh, okay. get ready to call through. one 800 This is going to take all my being to read this and not say the answer to the quiz. All right, you ready? Yes. No eye has seen, no blank has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. If you know the answer, you know the number to call right now. Our question for the day, Lawson, what is it? 1-800-324-843. You can call that number. If you know the answer to that, then bam, you got a prize. <laughs> All right, so what have we, what have we got for uh, Q of the D? Okay, our question of the day is, why is prophecy important? You know, I really don't know where to start with this question, and there are so many reasons why prophecy is so important that uh, it's just like, wow. But anyway, let's start with the quantity. Around about one-third of the Bible is made mm-hmm. up of Bible prophecy. So if you're going to say that prophecy is unimportant, then you are saying that about one-third of the Bible is you know, a little bit less important than uh, the rest of the Bible. Uh, prophecy is very unique, so this is a unique way of communication, particularly when you're communicating about the future. Uh, this is not the, the the typical kind of thing that human beings do because we don't know the future, whereas God does. And because of that, prophecy becomes a validator of Scripture, of, of the Bible. It, uh, it shows us that the Bible is true. It can be trusted. It shows us that the Bible has a supernatural origin. Not only that, but the Bible or prophecy, the Bible says in in Revelation chapter 1, the very first line, it says, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So not only does prophecy validate the Bible, but it validates Jesus Christ as Messiah, as God, and then it goes on to reveal everything we need to know about who Jesus Christ is and, you know, what we can learn about him. Of course, you know, the obvious one is that prophecy reveals the future. And that's so important because, you know, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. If we know what is coming, then we can be at peace because we know that God has things in control. And our world, while it might look like a mess, is actually under the control of God. Of course, prophecy is a great tool for evangelism. And I love using prophecy in evangelism because when I stand up in front of a group of people who are non-believers or who are agnostics or atheists, I can give them a rock-solid, reason-based answer for what I believe in that is more than just a warm, fuzzy feeling. You know, because a warm, fuzzy, you know, that might mean something to somebody. It might mean something to nothing to somebody else. And somebody else might come along and say, hey, I get an ecstatic feeling when I go to the football. What's the difference? But when it comes to Bible prophecy, you can't get that at the football. Of course, in Bible prophecy, we have uh, a great tool for moral teaching, um, a generator for spiritual growth. But something else that is really, really important about prophecy is that it helps us to understand current world events. 
And so, you know, not only do we know the future, we know what is coming in the future, but we can look at what is happening right now and we can see things that are taking place right now in the context of prophecy, we can identify, you know, who the big players are. You know, sometimes it can be confusing to look out at the world and go, well, what? What's actually going on? Who are the who are the main players here? What are the what are the real issues that are driving forces in our world? Prophecy peels all of that back. It shows us the great controversy between Christ and Satan. It shows it how how it is being play, played out in our uh, world right now. And of course, prophecy tells us that Jesus is coming back soon. This is the greatest part of prophecy, the most exciting part of prophecy, because there is nothing greater or more important to look forward to than to the return of Jesus Christ. So there's a few different points. Hopefully, uh, if you haven't got uh, a good enough reason to study prophecy up until this point, now you will see that prophecy is incredibly important for us all to be studying. Don't forget, if you would like to send in your question for Question of the Day, our number is 1-800-324-843, or you can text us on 0491-064-669. You can send in your question for Question of the Day. We would love to answer it right here on Faith FM. However, at this particular time, the show moves on. I can see the clock winding down, and we're going to listen to Anthem Lights with the Hallelujah Medley. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
was Anthem Lights with the Hallelujah Medley. You're listening to Faith FM. We've come to the end of the show. We are about to give away the great controversy. We have mentioned this a number of times and, uh, yeah, even bumped into a few listeners who have gone, you know what? We heard about that book that you mentioned. Do you have a copy on you? Mm. Uh, which is just great. This is a book that, uh, outside of the Bible, is probably the book that was the most responsible for transforming my life and leading me to Jesus Christ as a young person, 15 years old. A book that traces the history of Christianity from the time of Christ right down to our time and then through prophecy on into the future mm. right down to the end of sin. So it presents the whole great controversy between Christ and Satan. It peels back the the layers, so to, so to speak, and it is just absolutely mind-blowing. So give us a call right now. The number is 1-800-324-843. This is a classic. has been around for uh, 150 years or so thereabouts. Um, so we're offering a classic book for you today. Um, you can text us on 0491-064-669 and grab your copy of The Great Controversy. Yes. You pumped, Lyle? You, Absolutely. You just loving I'm, it? I'm about to go camping. I'm always pumped. <laughs> <about to> camping. <laughs> so Pathfinder good. Camp coming up. Big major plug for uh, Maitland <laughs> Pathfinder uh, Club. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you are. You've got, you've got young children uh, yeah. that like to do camping and outdoor stuff. This is kind of like scouts, uh, but with a spiritual context to it. So, yeah, get in touch with us, man. So good. While well, of course, Pathfinders exist right across Australia. So right across the world. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Fact, that's right. It's, it's, a global, it's awesome. I don't know if you've heard of a guy called Desmond Doss. Yes. But his story is actually some of the stuff that he knew that got him through that amazing situation in World War Two. A lot of the stuff he learned from Pathfinders. Yep. And he was a major supporter of Pathfinders. Until the day he died Man, so, so good well, We're not going to be joining you guys tomorrow Because it's going to be uh, Saturday But join us back on Monday We'd love to have you listen